Hey, Nara. Hey, Sandy. <laughs> what, you were trying to be first or something? Uh, yeah, I was. Well, failure. <laughs> I win. Before we start, I just want to encourage our listeners to rate us on whatever you're listening to us on. If you're on iTunes, or which I think a lot of you listen to us from iTunes, from our stats. Um, just, you know, give us a little rating. Yeah, we don't really focus too much on that stuff, but it actually helps people find the podcast. So if you if you just want to give it a little bit of a something, just tell us how you feel, either here or on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, now that the trolls have stopped listening to us so much, uh, you know, we're we're into it. Rate us. <laughs> That's all. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And also, also, I'd like to. Uh, follow up a couple weeks ago we had, we were talking about how we got to a new level on Patreon the mm-hmm. the, the Giver Selassie level where we would start offering episodes uh, without swears and one of our listeners amazingly has taken episode 40 which is wickedly titled Doug Ford Not Doug's wicked. Forward <laughs> and <laughs> and has actually uh, bleeped out all the F, uh, F words the S words the Q mm-hmm. and the T words and um, so it's there. And so what, what we're going to start doing is if you would like an episode that is clean for uh, a purpose that has to be justified so that we don't just rely on people's amazing generosity, let us know. You want to use this in a classroom or, you know, you want to uh, convince your uh, 97-year-old grandmother uh, that immigration is good. Just let me know, and we will do our best to get you a, a copy that's got the Fs uh, bleeped out. And I have to say, episode 40 with the F word bleeped out, there's a there's a solid couple of, like, three seconds of just bleeps. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, charming. It's really charming. So thank you very much to the listener who amazingly did that work for us. And um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and and if you also are like sitting around, you listen to us, and you want to just mark every time we say an F word or something like that, that'd be cool too. Just give us the the timestamps, and we can send it off to our amazing friend and um, make everybody's lives even easier. Yeah. Okay. And now for the content of the day, <laughs> the we're going to be talking about some really stupid shit. I just yeah. yeah. Okay, so anti-migrant yes. sentiment. I mean, we could just say stop and then end the podcast here. Uh, do you mean to say like all analyses around the broadest use of the word migrant in mainstream media are racist trash? Like that? That's it? That's that's the episode? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot more than just stop, but you know. We could expand it to 30 seconds instead of two. Uh, I was just trying to get away from it being like an old timey telegraph. um, And you were just saying stop to like send the send the message over to me. Stop. You're so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this comes up because uh, a couple weeks ago there was some stupid article that was published in the Toronto Star using a really offensive term, um, anchor babies, uh, to describe a situation that is not real and and super misogynist and xenophobic. 
And the journalist's name is, I'm too tired to look it up. Nora, what was the journalist's name? I don't know, man. No, but he deserves to be called out. I'm fine. Okay, Give okay. me one moment. Okay. Give me one moment. It was Nicholas Kung. Fuck you, Nicholas Kung. Immigration reporter for the Toronto <laughs> Star. What the hell? I don't know if you came up with the the headline for it, but you probably came up with the first fucking paragraph. So fuck that. Okay, it's, it's, this whole episode is not about this article, right? But I'm just really annoyed by it. Anyway, let's call out his editor as well, right? Because the good editor would be like, "Hey, um, maybe we can find a better term that's not so racist and inflammatory." There's some editor responsibility in this as well. So fuck you, editor. <laughs> Fuck you, editor. Okay, so this article was called The Number of, quote, Anchor Babies, unquote. Born, sorry, it's not a quote. It's a scare quote because it's not actually quoting anything. There's nothing that uses that term that it quotes in the article. It just decided to use convenient. that term on its own. <laughs> There's convenient. no quote for it. It's like, you know, the way they put the, the quotes around yeah. racist yeah. or something. Anyway. Um, except racism is a real thing and anchor babies is not. <laughs> so number of quote, like scare quote, anchor babies, unscared quote, born in Canada, far greater than official estimates study shows. Oh, that sounds really scary. Official estimates. Okay. So <laughs> perhaps <laughs> we should explain to the listeners what, cause I, I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago and people were like, there were a couple of people in my DMs like, oh, man, I like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. I'm like, yeah, because you know who talks about this? Really right wing white supremacist pieces of shit and not usually yeah. mainstream media unless you're Fox News and that's your mainstream media because they talk about anchor babies. So does <laughs> Donald Trump and probably like, you know, a stand up guy like Gavin McInnes, but not usually talked about amongst people who are decent so i can get it if you don't if you don't understand what it is nora what's an anchor baby uh, so i was thinking that it was like um so on a pirate ship there's a plank but like babies can't babies can't walk the plank so you have to th you are so <laughs> weird sorry Okay, I I just hard to take this so seriously because it's like like it, it is so fucking <laughs> offensive that okay, an anchor baby. It is according to these people, these right wing people is uh is so you're pregnant and you're from not Canada, and you're like oh my life here is so horrible. I want to go to Canada because Canada is the promised land, and um I will travel to Canada at week twenty five of my pregnancy, and I will stay in Canada until week. 40 of my pregnancy and I will give birth in Canada and that baby will anchor me to Canada. How? How will that baby anchor you to Canada? <laughs> How will that there's, happen? In the, the realistic term is there's a, there'd be an emotional anchor, an emotional connection to Canada. It's where you gave birth. It's the citizenship of your children. You have a connection to Canada. But the way that it's being spun in this situation we're talking about is this anchor baby is a super nefarious way for these women to sneakily get Canadian citizenship. That's how they jump the queue. Okay. Yeah. 
the cue, the imaginary dreamlike cue <laughs> of, of citizenship for Canada, the, the dreamlike cue for how you get into this country. Everyone's always talking about jumping this cue. Like, there's no fucking cue. Jesus, <laughs> no kidding. About? Like, there's like a long ass lineup <laughs> to get into Canada. What the fuck? People are so ridiculous. But let me just read a little bit of... A statement that was put out by the Coalition for Migrant Worker Rights Canada about this, because as someone whose parents, well, one of my parents, perhaps in in this day and age when people are talking about these things would have been considered this, I was like, this don't make no sense. Because if you have a baby in Canada, guess who doesn't fucking care about you getting citizenship? Canada. <laughs> Canada doesn't give a fuck. They're not like, oh, okay, here's the special citizenship application category for people who have kids here. No, they're not. They're not like, oh, here, here, child, nope. here, baby, you can apply for your parents. No, they're not. That's not how this works. <laughs> they're like, oh, congratulations for having a Canadian child. You can leave your child here because they're Canadian. Or you can take them back to wherever the fuck you're going because you don't get to stay here just because you had a kid. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, and and you get that fucking massive hospital bill because your Canadian baby still doesn't get the services that a Canadian citizen should have. Mm-hmm. Bet you didn't know that, right? So all of this scare tactic about how, oh my God, these, these deviant, like we cannot trust these women. Why are they really pregnant in our country? <laughs> what? It's like the most would be the most ridiculous scheme to try to like, you know, work the system to get citizenship. It's like one, you have to get pregnant like that's not easy. I mean, I've never done it, but I know someone who has Nora. I know a few someone's who have. (laughs) And from all accounts, it's not being pregnant sucks. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) So you have to go through all that and you got to figure out a way to get here. Then you got to like stay here to have the kid. And then, then like for 18 years, at least, you know, if you're a decent person, (laughs) you have to raise this child (laughs) in order to become a citizen. But then wait, but then wait, (laughs) you were wrong all along. There is no such shortcut and then, like, <laughs> your fucking 18-year plan has failed. <laughs> and it's talking what? back to you. <laughs> and it's calling you an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just such a weird fabrication and yeah. a strange misogynist fabrication, too, because there's no, like, you know, similar... Um, uh, uh, distrust or suspicion about men who I don't know uh, come into the country who like I don't know want to anchor schemes know, a, like th- it's just it's some anchor <laughs> scheme for men like it's just absurd that it's like oh my god a pregnant woman what is she here for <laughs> like what is going on but anyway this this statement that I wanted to read Much of the media suggests that having birth in Canada gives parents privileged access to permanent residency and citizenship. This is absurdly false. Absurd. That's a great word. While being born in Canada does give the child access to citizenship, few parents get any immigration rights. If the family is undocumented and apprehended, 
These children are kept in immigration prison. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, not just the U.S. that jails immigrant children. And even in some cases, deported. Yeah. Not all children born in Canada get citizenship. So, <clears throat> nope. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Nah. Nope. No. no, no <laughs> okay. No. None of this stuff is real. No. Like, uh, I, I just can't believe. Well, I can. I can totally believe <laughs> the way that people are talking about immigration in this country these days. But it's just uh, so obviously connected to the way that the world is like slowly going uh, really fascist and not slowly it's just becoming a more fascist place and that uh, you know white supremacy has taken hold of what's acceptable to talk about in our mainstream media like how dare we people like we have uh, like pretty you know entrenched rights quote unquote in, and those are some some scare quotes that are appropriately used some entrenched mm -hmm. rights in our in in this place where if you are fucking born here there's not no other label to call you than canadian like you are right. born you have access to citizenship and is there any other proof that there are some people for like there's like a second class citizenship where you know there's there's some people who have canadian citizenship who you know are white and are assumed to be Canadian and get all the get all the benefits thereof. And there are some act people who get access to citizenship who are not so white and are, you know, looked upon with suspicion and are you really from here? Then then this sort of weird narrative that literally comes out of nothing. Yeah. Nothing. There is nothing <laughs> that makes people imagine there's no legislation. There's n Ugh. anyway. Maybe there should be, but there's not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's break it down because there's two things happening here at once. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is the actual mechanics of doing what they claim women are doing, and then the second thing is actually the the in, the problems with the report itself in the Toronto Star. So the first thing is for like one, pregnant women have a cutoff date for when they can travel internationally, right? So you can't just fly to Canada at 38 weeks and wait for two weeks and give birth. It's quite complicated, actually. And I think international travel stops at like 30 weeks. So we're talking about a lot of time is invested to just get to Canada to give birth. And then once you get to Canada and give birth, you are not a Canadian citizen. And so you are just totally at the whim of the international servicing of, of births in Canada for people who aren't inscribed on their provincial health plan. And so that is highly expensive, very stressful, very difficult. Then you can't leave with an infant, really. Like, to fly internationally, it takes a bit of time to be able to leave. And then, like, yeah, you get shit out of it. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And the only thing I ever heard of, like, <laughs> I, I remember there being a story of Russian women uh, giving birth in Florida uh, to be able, I love this. This is like fucking unbelievable planning to be able to give their kids American citizenship, not as an anchor so that they can get citizenship, but just so that they could go to university and pay like American fees. <laughs> but okay. So here's the thing though, right? Like that's part of the narrative too, is that, you know, like some people who get confronted with this reality information, <laughs> like here's the real situation, everybody Everything that you're concerned about is fabricated bullshit 
from the alt-right. And then they will respond with, well, their children can still come here after years of not paying taxes and have health care and go to school. And it's like, let me tell you about the rich. (laughs) Okay. And what they do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There are so many rich people who just decide where they're going. Because, you know, to just decide where you're going to have birth isn't something that is happening with like the poorest of the poor. (laughs) Let me just be clear about that. Okay, that's just not a reality for most people. But many rich people actually do decide where they want their children to have, um, you know, if they want their their kids to have access to certain things, where they wanna where they wanna have their children. And then, in addition to whatever tax schemes they have to maximize their wealth, they can leave and go wherever they want or put their money wherever they want to avoid paying taxes. And their kids get to go to school wherever the yep. fuck they want. But we're not worried about rich people. We are worried about the really poor, dark-skinned people who are traveling this earth, having babies wherever the fuck they want. Unconscionable (laughs) behavior. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's so, so, so ridiculous. And it just uh, contributes to... I'm just so disappointed uh, by the Toronto Star for publishing this article um, but just generally really disappointed that media literacy isn't where it needs to be, like critical media literacy isn't where it needs to be, that, um, uh, you know, many people uh, accept that narrative, like look at that and are like, oh, yeah, yeah, there is this weird conspiracy of people who did things that I did. And so many people who would be reading this have some sort of connection to immigration. In fact, I would argue that like everybody reading that would have had some sort of connection to immigration and, you know, we should all just be aware, that, like, it is extremely hard to come here. It is not easy. It's not easy to come here. It's not easy to stay here. It, and once you do come here and perhaps get a way to stay here, it's not easy to do all of the things that you want to do. Like, it's it's just, it, it's the, the, the freedom of movement is not a real thing when you're coming into a country like Canada or the United States. And so... Uh, the idea um, that this is just, you know, some sort of epidemic that, that is happening that needs to be stopped is not only just like ridiculous, absurd, not true, but it assists the discussions that people in the federal conservative party are having and people in white supremacist yep. groups are having to do away with rights like birth citizenship. Yeah. And, and hidden behind these details is also just the insinuation of what kind of monster would even have birth under those circumstances. As if, like, going back to your, your, like how hard it is to come to Canada, like, it's fucking hard also to leave your home, wherever your home is, right? Mm-hmm. That is actually... The hardest mm-hmm. thing is to leave your home, to leave your family, to leave your parents, to leave your, your siblings, to leave the places that you grew up, to leave familiarity, to leave understanding how the fuck to order certain things at the store because everybody's got their own cultural differences and how you do commerce, right? So that's all very hard. And so this mm-hmm. narrative suggests that there's a class of women who, upon giving birth in a sterile room on the other side of the world from where they're from, they don't need to have their mother come in that night to be like, are you okay? Can I hold the baby? They don't need to see their grandparents. They don't need to see Mm -hmm. their partner. 
they don't need to have their younger siblings come and dote over their children. They are cold hearted. They are able to just give birth and be like, fuck, this is great. And now and then, and then what? Then you leave and then start your citizenship process when you've left. Or is the anchor baby keeping you in Canada? And so then you are still without family supports, without your parents, without a, a, a babysitter who you've known since who babysat you and can uh, help babysit your kids. You know what I mean? Like this, there's, there's a whole humanity behind all of this that you have to suspend your belief in these women being like having humanity to believe the narrative, even if the statistics themselves don't bear themselves out. <laughs> yeah, entirely. Entirely, entirely. It's just, it's, uh, it's so absurd. And I think we should be really careful about what this narrative is supporting. Because what is the purpose of wanting to make sure that certain people don't mm. get access to That's citizenship? That's a great question. What is the purpose of that? It creates a, a multiple tiers of like existence of human existence in our society that already exists these multiple tiers you know you have people who are citizens you have people who are permanent residents or people who have um, applied for asylum and what are the difference what are the differences there you know one important one is that people don't have access to vote and then you have people who come here specifically for a certain amount of time for to study or to work migrant workers. And what what's the tier there? There's even less rights, not necessarily with folks who are studying, but even less rights. Well, there are, but uh, not as much as when it comes to working. Even less rights there. And people have more risk, are more vulnerable, and are forced to do more things by their employers. They they become a class of society that, that does work that uh, many people would describe as work that Canadians, quote unquote, don't necessarily want to do, or that's how it's described. And then we get people who are existing on another tier, don't have the same rights as everybody else. And so what is the purpose of a conservative government saying we don't want certain people to be able to have access to citizenship? Just because you're born here doesn't mean you have access to citizenship. It creates a pool of people who will not have the same sort of rights and are thus more vulnerable and more likely to be exploited in certain situations, which always, always benefits those who are in power and those who have money, okay? So like, let's be really clear about where this is all going. It goes to to create a, a more socially stratified society where there are, are people who are farther and farther away uh, the the wealthiest and the ruling class who rules uh, over everybody else. Okay, and that's the type of society that the the you know the alt right, the right wing, the conservative, white supremacists, whatever, want. They want to have control over other people and what other people are able to do. And so they come up with these ridiculous narratives about how people are jumping the big long lineup <laughs> to get into Canada that it, you know, it's single file, it's really, really long. <laughs> um, and and cre- come up with these ridiculous narratives about how people are gaming a system that doesn't exist. Like the system as it's described does not Especially exist. Especially considering there are people that actually can purchase access to Canadian citizenship faster than average people, right? Like, let's also not pretend mm-hmm. that that access to Canadian citizenship or even permanent residency is is all equal, right? Like, I, I remember at Ryerson mm-hmm. when I was, a, when I was uh, involved in the student union, there was a guy who was an international student and, um, and he had his citizenship fast-tracked really quickly, like really quickly. 
And I was uh, talking to him. I was like, "How? What? What? What's the story there?" And he just started to tell me all of the things that his family owned, and all of the meetings that his family had with the federal conservatives. And that's just how it happened. So, like, there's there's for sure people gaming wow. the system, but it's not women. It's not women having jumping. kids, and it's not a cute jumping. Cue. It's it's <laughs> as as all kinds of people are gaming the system. It's money. It's driven by money, and it's who can buy their way in and who can't. And so, wait, do you mean that this person's family perhaps had some people who, like, bought things to anchor them to Canada? Like an anchor corporation? I don't even think it was an anchor corporation. I, like, the, the, I won't go into the details because, like, I don't want to identify or anything like this. But this person had access to large tracts of land somewhere around the world, in the world. And it was the access to those lands that were being uh, floated as something with a Canadian corporation and a Canadian government interest that they were going to be able to exploit them in some way. So it was more like an anchor promise. <laughs> very, very interesting. And it, it, it just, you know, like the, the way that we as a society exhibit distrust in, in people's ability to move and who is moving and who is allowed to move and who is not allowed to move is, is really uh, positively correlated with how much money somebody has. If you have a lot of money, people do not question your movements or your ability to exist in another country or your ability to get citizenship. But if you don't, even if you're not trying to get nowhere, like people are, are really, really suspicious of you. And this is all, of course, coming up as there's been a lot of demands for demands or, you know, like attempts to seek asylum at the Canadian border and at the U.S. border. And there's this, you know, this amazing civil disobedience action, um, the the migrant caravan that is, quote unquote, migrant caravan that is um, going to be hitting the U.S. border. Like it's not uh, it's not a coincidence that the discussion of anchor babies as first in the last month or so, I think, really brought up in in a way that where it received a lot of prominence by Donald Trump, although this is something that's mm-hmm. been talked about for decades, right, um, in a really um, offensive way. But Donald Trump talked about it recently, and then, you know, we started seeing more mention of it in the mainstream media, <laughs> Fox News. And then and then we see this, this article um, in the Toronto Star, which is just so, so unreal. <laughs> And let's go back to that article because there's a little piece of information in it that was also very important to this discussion. And I'm not sure sure if you caught it, but in the data that they were using to determine how many quote unquote anchor babies were being born in Canada, what they didn't what they weren't able to do. And it's this is this is said in the article. so, So you have to read the whole thing and then understand what all these kind of things mean. Like it's not it's not actually that straightforward, but the 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 bunch of data they had includes international students giving birth and Canadian expats who've returned home to Canada to give birth and then who will go back to the wherever they're living around the world. So did you see that? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So so Canadians having babies in Canada. Yeah, so, this, so including Canadian expats who come back to Canada, like as is what you would imagine, probably lots of people would do. Laura Southern, like the Canadian neo-Nazi who's on an international clown show and hasn't been in Canada for quite a while now. She came back and had a, a baby, God fucking forbid, and then left again. She'd have an anchor baby. Or any number of international students who are 
prime baby making age. <laughs> Who has a baby? <laughs> would find themselves with this quote-unquote anchor baby. And, like, I, I don't know if you know any international students that have become pregnant uh, while they have been a student. I, I know one, and the pregnancy was uh, a high-risk pre- pregnancy, and the total hell that, that she went through to give birth in Canada, to be hospitalized and then give birth in Canada um, alone, right, because her partner wasn't in Canada at the time, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And so you just read this as, as disparaging Someone like this who, again, is like the age of someone who would have a kid and is has been in Canada now for many years because has done multiple levels of education, like a lot of international students. So it's just like the, the, even the data, as you said, the data doesn't bear itself out. It's complete fucking bullshit. And it's like the respectable mainstream way of talking about birth rate citizenship. And it, it shouldn't be acceptable is the point. It's just... It's like I I want it for people who are arguing this stuff. Like I want to like, like you know, cup their face in my hands and say, "What are you afraid of? Like what is wrong with yeah. you? Like just just you know, take a deep breath, clear your head, and explain to me what the fuck you're actually afraid of happening. If if what you're saying happens, okay, and like you know, millions of poor people around the world somehow find themselves in Canada and have birth (laughs) through this ridiculous scheme. Like, what are you afraid of happening? That they'll be able to access the same doctors as you? That they'll be able to, like, one of the things that this, that um, was discussed in the article um, or or in discussions outside the article, I can't remember. It's been a minute but was like free education, Hmm. the free education of like primary and secondary school. Oh my goodness. These children. Jesus, imagine. Who were born. God forbid. To to the other will sit in the same classroom as children who were born here. Like what, (laughs) what is it that you are so afraid of? Like nobody, like I just xenophobia and racism is just such a trip it just like nothing about it makes sense besides you know people wanting to use certain people for exploitation exploitative purposes so i guess it makes total sense for that, that's all it is this, this has been a narrative this is a narrative that is so old that 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 anytime you want to stoke racist and xenophobic flames that you that you play those flames off of the the women of that identifiable group and so um like the idea that first of all it's it's also all rooted in canadian exceptionalism right like that the whole world wants to be canadian which is like what the fuck is wrong with you people like Mm -hmm. the whole world what the fuck like people people are people nations are great and horrible in a whole bunch of different ways and there's a lot of great things that you can't get in Canada and Canada's not all that fucking great. And actually we rely on immigration for a whole bunch of like ways to make sure that the society functions. And so this whole like puffing out your chest and being like, well, now we're just giving Canadian citizen out to anybody. It's like, you fucking know very well how Canada was founded. You fucking idiots. It's like exactly through giving citizenship out to anybody and not just citizenship but also quote unquote free land right that forms the basis of this country so well not quite everybody but you know the white the white dudes the white dudes everyone who came at the time (laughs) right so the white 
the what mm. white British uh, farmers, right? Come populate the West. Come, come populate Canada. Mm. Come and farm here. We'll give you a fucking farm. And so it's like there's nothing special about uh, you protecting your. It is it is all wrapped up into this xenophobic fear that somehow I, I, I like actually I'm not even sure why. Like I was gonna say somehow you'd lose your power by having uh, some kid born in fucking the hospital and. <laughs> Ottawa like I it's it relies it relies so heavily on the grand narratives that are coming from the Trumps of the world to be so afraid of the other and to be so mm-hmm. close-minded that that that's that that's all it is and this is why like the, the folks who are doing open borders activism it's so critical it's so 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 important because like the border serves uh, as a physical thing that that hurts people, but it's also a conceptual thing that helps to reinforce Canadian identity when the reality is there's not really such thing as Canadian identity, right? Like that all of the myths that we have about who we fucking are as Canadians mm. are just that. They are myths. Or they're wrapped up in some sort of fucking pathetic consumerism about how shit our coffee is or how shit our donuts are or how shit our fucking Canadian Tire is, although I love Canadian Tire. Um, I personally have never watched a game of hockey in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've never seen That's an true. NHL game. <laughs> but... None of amazing <laughs> it, it, but these are these are just myths they're just myths and it's like there's there's nothing wrong with you enjoying tim hortons or you liking hockey but like guess what that that the idea that this is what forms canada and that this is what we must protect it's like get the fuck over yourself that's pathetic and as sandy you're cupping that person's face and asking what they're afraid of it's like more important it's like what damaged you to think this <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was the moment <laughs> exactly what was the moment because if <laughs> we live in a society where we're going to start saying oh yeah you know what you don't you don't automatically get to be a canadian citizen just because you're born here it's like guess fucking what the only reason why anyone in this country has canadian citizenship is because either they applied for it and did a lot of work to get it or you did fuck all and your mom gave birth to you in canada <laughs> guess mm-hmm. what's more lazy and like the the question about damage is actually very important because while this is all very absurd and amounts to no nothing in reality, the narrative really does put people in danger. As we know, hate crimes uh, against people who are migrants, who are of particular religions, or who are racialized or indigenous are on the rise and it's because of narratives like this it's why it makes me so angry that we see this in mainstream media like narratives like this are very very dangerous uh people think that they then have the right to to they have license they have uh, societal permission to treat people differently because they are not from here which means nothing it means nothing okay borders are imagined there's no real (laughs) kinship between anyone who was like born in canada um in this like colonial state 
um, because, you know, the government offered them a plot of land at some point or because, you know, they came over uh, applying for refugee status. There's no real any connection that we have because we exist above the imagined 49th parallel. But people will take that, people with this damage will take that and take it as license to inflict serious harm on people. And the continued narratives of making people different, not only uh, not only creating them as different, but creating them as you know insidious, as untrustworthy, as they don't belong, as dangerous, creates a situation like the one that happened in Quebec with Alex Bissonnette, or like the one that happened in Charleston, or like the one that happened in Pittsburgh. And there's so many examples of these types of things that have been happening. And it's because of rhetoric like this that finds itself um, in our mainstream press. Like we have to be really conscious about what it does. There is no danger to your average, you know, Joe Blow, whomever, who's looking at this article being like, oh my God, these women are untrustworthy. There's no danger to that person, but there is danger to people who like aren't white and don't look like, you know, they quote unquote belong here as in the construction of who belongs here. That is a white supremacist construction um, that has existed since the beginning of Canada as a colonial state. Or God forbid, someone who's not white and who's visibly pregnant. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it it's just a double, triple, quadruple oppression that we're just that we're placing on these on these women. The mm-hmm. the stakes, as we say all the time on this show, the stakes are really high. And news organizations like the Toronto Star that are uh the trusted uh, papers of record that are fighting for their lives cannot afford personally or personally in the corporation's uh, in the corporation's perspective cannot personally or societally afford to f- to write this kind of fucking bullshit and to put it on the front page of their newspaper the stakes are too high to be sloppy to be inflammatory and incorrect with how we're talking about certain phenomena that are happening within society when we know that there are people in Toronto especially, and I'm talking about Toronto especially because we're talking about the Toronto Star, when we know in Toronto that there are people that have tried to set a hotel on fire because there are hundreds of refugee families living there, what are we not stopping to pause about how we're, perpetu- how we're perpetuating, how we're peddling, how we're distorting reality to continue a narrative that actually justifies this kind of violence? Like there is responsibility from the journalist's perspective to get things fair, accurate and balanced. And, 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 and you absolutely... Fair and balanced, eh? Fair. Is that, that's, I got them right, right? Sometimes I forget the... Fair and balanced. That's the the Fox News. Um, that's their. Uh, uh, oh motto. shit! I don't fair know. No, like the yeah. it, the tenets <laughs> of good reporting are, are 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 just fairness, accuracy, and balance. And it's like, just fucking do that. Just do that, and let's avoid having us have to call the Toronto Star fake news. Hmm. Maybe that is how we close. Toronto Star, stop being fake news. Stop being fake news and stop 
stop putting people's lives at risk with these kinds of narratives. Think about the impact of what you're doing. And if there's a report that says something that the premise of that report is literal xenophobia and or racism, does it need to be on the front page? Does it need to be referenced? Like you're making calls all the time of what's news and what's not news. Is this report news? I don't think so. Like, Christ, go to the University of Toronto and take a look at everything that was published yesterday. How much of that's getting covered in the Toronto Star? Like, not much. Mm-hmm. And this is front page news, people. Front page news. It's just so ridiculous. And also, like, news organizations. Maybe, 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 like, hire some more people who aren't just from particular demographics, but also engage in some education with your journalists. Like if it's the case that this is uh, a problem for your news organization, which it is, (laughs) if you're a new mainstream news organization in Canada, it just is, okay? And you want to, to be ethical in the way that you are reporting on some of this news of the day, You folks need to engage in some education for your reporters, for your editorial staff, anyone who is going to be coming for your producers who are coming up with the news uh, so that they know how to discern what's real from what's being pushed upon them from like a really strategic white supremacist movement. I just feel like that's basic stuff that (laughs) reporters should know. It's just, you know, a baseline if we're going to, you know, fight back the creeping fascism. And, you know, if you don't want to fight back the creeping fascism, just like, you know, be honest about it. Let the rest of us know so we can stop reading your articles through, you know, the fucking incognito window. 